Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hola and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. This is the original thinking and creative innovation podcast. How are you all? I hope you're all good. I hope you're all getting busy with it. Yeah. Um, the weather is hidden aliens above you in your studio. Look up, look up. How many people looked up then? Tell me, I'm curious. Sorry, I do apologise. It is thematic. I'm starting to make this weather report a little bit more tied to my guests. Um, the weather, I've riddled with aliens this week. It's riddled with fantasy, it's lightsabers, it's galaxies, it's the golden age of film posters. And Paul Shipper coming up is going to tell us all about that and his journey. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely story from a great guy so got that coming up but first of all i want to thank my sponsors who keep this show free for you guys every week illustrationweb.com uh my agency wonderful illustration animation uh set design fashion illustration a bit of everything agency really visual communication primarily illustrators they do a lot of great work they do a lot of great work uh go and check them out they represent a huge swathe of artists over 200 people represented at the moment um do great work globally new york shanghai paris yeah really really big agency doing some fantastic work so go and check them out they've been here since day dot they were the founding sponsors they really played a huge part in helping me get this show off the ground um so i have that to thank them for go on uh, go and check them out illustrationweb.com heartinternet.co.uk Really good bunch too. They came on bars early doors when the numbers, in all honesty, weren't there. Um, they're getting better all the time now and they've stayed the course and I really do appreciate that. Um, and they give us a little digital tip every week because they do everything from SEO, search engine optimization, that is, to social media, to website hosting, to advice around all of those things to really maximize your web presence across all the channels. Um, and there's a cool little story today because Paul today's guest uh, reached out to uh, a number of industry people which we'll talk a little bit more about in the in his beloved film industry but uh, but he reached out and made contact with Simon Pegg by sharing a, if I if I've got the story right his world's end poster um and we'll talk about what Simon Pegg what Simon Pegg said about that a little bit later today on the show but Simon uh, came back to him and so Paul got in touch with his agent and he ended up being at a very special event with Simon, which we will hit upon on this show. But that's the lesson through heart today. Don't hesitate to, 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 to get your work out there. I think the lesson is don't worry about how big the name. One thing that Twitter is great for is having direct access to people. So it's not about bombarding. It's not about lazily kind of tweeting someone. But I think if you've got a relevant piece of work or something that features a certain person, why not share it with them? Why not tag them in it? Because they're human beings at the end of the day. They might be rich and famous, but it doesn't mean they're not nice people. And if they like what you've done, as the story goes today with Simon Pegg, you just don't know where it might lead. So that is courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk. Printed.com. Um, so they give us a print tip every week. There's a brilliant print as they do over 90 different products. Matte finishes, gloss finishes. They've got all sorts of fancy little trimmings for you. They've got You can indulge however you see fit. I use them for all the pod promo. I use them for my personal book. They're a great bunch of people. Um, so I want to point you in the direction. But there's a great story. They give us a printed story every month. And, and this week I wanted to go with a beautiful one that Paul's going to share today. So Paul reminisces about the days of going down um, to the local video library and... Maybe I'm talking to the people who are a little older now, <laughs> so I apologise to all you Netflix minions, but um, there was a, such a buzz about going down to the video library on a Saturday or a Friday night or whenever it was, and being a kid and looking around and seeing these huge walls of all these videos and all these films and these fantastic windows to another world. So Paul tells a lovely story about that today, about visiting like video libraries and how that inspired him about seeing all the artwork up on the walls and how he was engulfed by this fantastical world of, of um, just magic. It is magic. It's as close as we get. Um, speak to any comic book geek, any film fan, any uh, anyone who's just into something with a passion and... I really think there are a few better places than what those video libraries did as a kid. So the point being, when you had those film posters up on the walls when you walked in there, um, it, it really was magic and it, and it was fantasy. So 
it speaks volumes about what printed material can still do to that end. I really think if you want to if you want to tease someone, if you want to make someone's day with a piece of artwork, something physical that you can hold in your hands does reach across so many uh, chasms, so many divides, and and it's a lovely way to uh, to really just take someone inside the moment into your artwork so it's really worth bearing in mind so go and check those guys out you can do everything that you want and great customizable services great customer service so go and have a look printed.com so about paul uh i met paul a little while back very briefly at the yoilo meetup in london so we meet at the pub and we all geek out and we all talk about illustration and design and we all get a little bit drunk and I was introduced to Paul by Rod Hunt, who's a friend of mine and he's been on the show, so go back and listen to Rod's episode if you haven't. It's an absolute banger and it's a must for anyone wanting to get into illustration. Uh, But Rod introduced me to Paul and uh, shame on me, I didn't know Paul's work at the time. So he starts to show me it and he gave me an amazing uh, a little selection of business cards and he had the original Batman with Michael Keaton, the Tim Burton film on his card. Um, He had... Uh, I can't remember the range that was in there, but there was a selection of classic movies. I think it was a Star Wars one. I was like, oh, what do I pick? I wanted to take all of them, but I didn't want to rinse him for his business cards. Um, but Paul's brilliant, and he's very modest, and he started to show me his work, and I was gobsmacked by the level of detail and something that that screamed at me. As someone whose father collected film posters and still collects film posters growing up, I was a little bit geeked out by Paul's work and that it's that classic era of film posters. So we're going to talk all about that today and talk about the golden era, golden era of movie posters. Paul's traditional take on contemporary films and how that works for him. Um, it's earned him an army of fans in the film industry, including some real heavy hitters, some real heavyweight uh, plaudits and fans of his work from within the industry. So we're going to talk about how that feels and how it works and how he's gone about doing that. I'm going to talk about Paul's journey from growing up in Manchester in the late 70s and the 80s um, as a childhood movie geek to the position he's in today which is a real player in that world and just someone who's living the dream and is very modest and very humble by doing that. So it's a great story and I hope you take a lot from it. We're also going to talk about why digital is not an evil world. Uh, Sorry, an evil word. can be an evil world if you want it to be. so we're going to talk about that, why it's a demonised concept sometimes in the world in which Paul operates. Very interesting conversation, so thanks to him for taking the time for that. Get me your feedback at Arrest All Mimics on the Twitter. Um, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, printed.com and heartinternet.co.uk. And enjoy, Paul Shipper. You're from Manchester, right? I am, yeah. Um, born cool. in Manchester back in 1976. And I uh, lived there in most of my childhood, and we moved around a little bit, but always stayed on the outskirts of Manchester and Cheshire. And, and I went to art college at South Trafford College um, near Altrincham, and uh, then stayed in Manchester for university. Ended up at going to Manchester Metropolitan University, doing the illustration with animation course there for three years, uh, between '94 and '97. And, uh, and then graduated, and I still stayed in the area f- until until I moved to New Zealand, really, which was 2008. Very cool. Was it, um, were you a creative kid? Did it run in the family? Um, yeah, well, I've always drawn pictures from a young age. I've still got some of my uh, scrapbooks with sketches of, like, Knight Rider and the Mask cartoon and things like that. Oh, really? Things that like that. to look back at. Yeah, I kind of stumbled on it, and there's a there's a, like a sketch of Han Solo from when I was age nine. I think I even wrote age nine or something on it, <laughs> <You know? laughs> stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I've always drawn pictures. Not really. My my mum and dad never really showed much creativity to me as a child, I suppose, but they always encouraged me. Um, but there, there. I mean, there, it turns out there is a little bit. There is some creativity in the family I find out I mean roughly I don't know exactly the generation gap but uh, it turns out my great 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 granddad was an art forger of some kind um, oh, wow. and uh, my mum my mum loves to paint in her retirement she's painting and sculpting and doing all these other things and um, so th- I guess there's uh, an element of that. my my my, uh, my dad's dad my granddad was uh a bit of a um, an inventor, 
you didn't invent things. Uh, nothing really made that I, that I could tell you that you would go, oh, right. But he did, uh, he was quite creative in that respect, I suppose. Mm. It's really fascinating, mm. isn't it, when you look back at that, that kind of line. I love that art forger, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know whether he was doing, like, um, I don't know. Um, forgeries uh, for the black market or anything. I hope not, but I don't know what it was about. <laughs> I've not, I've no idea any of the details. Of it. That's as much information as I have. But maybe it was just affordable art, nice and friendly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's probably what it was. So, how was growing up in Manchester in the eighties? Like, did do you feel mm-hmm. that was? Uh, did that mould you in any way? Because I mean, I, I lived in Manchester five years actually until I, before I moved to London, and I really love the city. But I know that it's come a long way since even the nineties. Yeah, um, well, I was still there in the 90s. Um, I'm, Manchester's all, it'll always be my home. Um, and um, I, I don't know, I, I mean, I don't really know what to say, really, but, it, you know, I, I had a, a, a fun childhood, and I was influenced a lot by films and, you know, watching VHS videos, uh, going to the video shop and, you know, watching movies and TV. Um I was I was never really a big reader, so it was always very much visual and mm. that kind of thing. And then, you know, and then when you're old enough, you go into the cinema and and experiencing things on a big screen, and uh, seeing like the movie posters in the cinemas and and uh, being blown away by those. And yeah, just kind of a. It, I, it really I suppose I could have been anywhere. It wouldn't have just been Manchester. I kind of I don't know. I don't think I would have really. Have, you can really say I connected with the Mancunian way. I don't know, whatever that might be, but <laughs> uh, just, it, uh, it was such yeah. a. It wasn't it such a larger than life experience. Like actually, I was about to, having read your bio and, and you mentioned there about the film influence, which I'm right on board with. Um, but the v, you mentioned their VHS libraries. That's something that I, mm. I underestimated, but. I just found that such a larger-than-life magical experience as a kid getting to go into the library and have these walls of films. Did you feel the same? Oh yeah, going to the video shop is always a a um, a, a, a treat. That's for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it was you know even uh, I remember my auntie taking us whenever we'd stay. Me and my sister would stay with her. We'd realize go to the video shop and I'd. You'd get to pick two or three movies at the same time, and kind of uh, yeah. There's all the, I I that was around the time when Karate Kid was on video, and I used to always go for the Karate Kid as well as things like uh, Star Wars and that kind of Indiana Jones, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was. Mm. I mean, again, that what a great era um, to have grown up in, in terms. Oh of yeah. Everywhere, just everything. I mean, sci-fi in particular, just from my personal experience. But mm. that must have really shaped. I mean, it might seem like an obvious jump looking at your work now, but that did that prove a real channel for your drawing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the influence of the, the movies I was watching and that I, that I loved and, and enjoyed um, watching and reliving through um, through you know with friends playing and. Uh, Star Wars, for example, a good friend of mine at the time was uh, introduced me to the Star Wars role-playing game, and so we'd play that quite a lot. And um, yeah, it kind of escalated. I mean, he was he was a great artist as well. And we used to just grab a ream of paper and we'd just draw in our rooms like together. Uh, he he was very much more imaginative than me. But he, he, yeah, we, we we would sit there for hours just sketching things, and we'd come up with things and ideas, and yeah, it was, it was a good time. Um, yeah, the movies definitely influenced um, the art and the the, the follow on thing with the posters. I would started collecting movie posters, which started really from going to the video shops really and <clears throat> seeing the art on the walls and saying. What are you doing with that poster when that film's when that post comes out? <laughs> and they'll be like, "Oh, we're just going to throw it out." And I was like, "Can I have it?" <laughs> and they'd be like, "Yeah." So you know, things like that. And I'd, I'd collect them, put them on my bedroom wall, and not realizing, not realizing at that point that they were illustrated or what an illustrator was. So it was, it was like 
I just liked the images and they reminded me of the film and there was something special about them. Um, and then one day I had a number of posts on the wall and a lot of them, maybe 80% of them were, had the same signature on there, which was Drew, who was Drew Struzan, I wait to find out. Um, and then that led me to find out that it was, uh, somebody's job that they were doing for a living and, and, and my interest was piqued then as well by maybe that's something I could do one day. Um, so that's been a, that's been a bit of a dream really kind of to mm. try and do that. And, and, um, it's always been, even at times when I, I, I was working full time, just drawing and painting in my spare time in the evening. Um, it was always in the back of my mind to that's where I wanted to be. Yeah, isn't isn't it a wonderful thing when you um, when it's the innocence, isn't it? Like you said there about not knowing, or not even starting to think mm. how that was created, but just a, a raw love of it without any kind of yeah. attachments or desires, really. Exactly. Yeah, that's so right. I mean, it got to the point where I was going to movie fairs and find seeking out these particular posters that you couldn't get. The, the video shops by this time weren't giving them out for free. And um, you had to actually go out and find them and search for them. And, and it was like a, you were hunting things down. And so there was movie memorabilia fairs in Manchester. I don't know how often they were now, but they weren't very regular. Um, but you had to go along to those and pick pick posters up, pick stills up as well. I collect a lot of um, stills from movies I liked. and For reference, mostly. Um, unusual poses and things that you don't see. The, um, everywhere um, but yeah I was just a real fan I guess and um, I used to get the posters and <clears throat> when I got home I used to roll them out on the bedroom floor and get my magnifying glass out and study <laughs> study them in fine detail like trying to figure out how they were um, how they were executed in, in a way just because when you look at them you're like how how did how did they do that because there was I mean there was one poster in particular the springs to mind is the Back to the Future Two poster that Drew did, and the detail on Martin McFly's jacket always kind of blew me away. Like just the amount of detail that mm. um, Drew put into that and, and how he accomplished that. And I, I still haven't figured that out. I think he must have just drawn every little seam <laughs> and everything. I thought there might be a, a shortcut. Maybe there is, but I, I still haven't figured that one out. Oh, it's it's. Oh, it's, it's one of my greatest loves in life is is that geek side of, of um, not just film but any anything anything like this any real passion like that like my I grew up with my daddy he was a big collector of film posters and still does he still deals them now he, yeah. he kind of laments the as much as eBay is a, and all that stuff is really good for him mm. he kind of laments the lack of the social side of those kind of fairs um, mm. I went to Hebden Bridge Cinema uh, on Saturday, actually, I was visiting for my mum's birthday, and my dad wanted to go across because twice a year they have a big sell-off to raise money for the cinema for of all the posters. Um, oh wow! So you know there were a few rogue ones going on and things like that, and um, uh-huh. still, you know, there were I don't know thirty people outside the door when it was due to open, and I just got there and thought, this is brilliant. I love. Yeah, I wish good. this happened more. Um, they should do that. They should, definitely should. I think there's a. Uh, with the way things are with social media, everyone sees things on the computer screen a lot, and they don't always get to have a huge poster and and uh, and also room in your in your house. You know, there's not your limited space and how much wall space you have to put things on the wall. But um, but yeah, just the, the 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 way they're printed as well. You know, just they they're usually pretty high quality and. Um, it's definitely the social aspect of that going to these fairs and meeting the dealers and you know they get to know you as well and and they they you know you can ask them to look out for things for you and mm. they uh you know the whole thing and there's a certain respect isn't there you know maybe someone always comes up with the goods <laughs> mm. and that's, yeah that's right yeah that side of it do you, do you think that might have been a different path in any way if if you'd let's say grown up in a later era where that the social side maybe wasn't there I don't know. I mean, I wasn't that much of a social kid, really. Um, I, I, I was always, um, I guess, uh, like talking to my parents, friends and stuff. They, 
I would always have conversations, I would have more conversations with them than people of my own age in a way. Um, so I was maybe a little bit older than my time in a way. So, the, But um, yeah, the, the social aspect kind of came into it, but the, for the most part it was it was an outlet, it was a way, it was a place, it was the place more than the people in a way. It was like, this is a place where I can get these things where this was before the internet was really kicked off. There was no online trading. It was all like, if you wanted something, you have to go out there, get the bus, and go and find this place. And then, yeah. you know, it was kind of, it was more of an adventure, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, there is that side to it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know, you never knew what might be there. So there was that excitement factor. Of oh, like, God, yeah. I wonder if wonder what they've got this time, you know. And oh, I used to go to the Leeds Met Comic Fair uh, when I was a kid, and I would save up pocket money and paper round money for weeks to buy like one mm. limited edition X Men card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that about saving up as well, you know, because you know, you you it, it made it extra special because you were. You know, you'd save up your pocket money, or yeah, like paper round, or whatever it was you're doing, whether you were washing someone's cars or whatever it was, and um, yeah, and then you'd uh, <laughs> so go what, out and buy something. <laughs> what was it? So, what was your story in that? In terms of in terms of going uh, freelance as an illustrator, did you uh, did, did it happen quite quick, or did you work in other jobs for a long time? Well, I kind of I started doing stuff while I was still at university, or even. I, I, I was doing a little bit of thing here and there when I was at college, probably. Uh, nothing major, but like little things like illustrating diagrams for um, uh, people that work with JCBs for safety instructions and um, illustrating, hand illustrating catalogs and just word would get out and be like, oh, I know someone who could do that. And so, you know, you'd mm. get a little job here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I was at university, toward the middle to end of university, that one of the, my lecturers, uh, his wife had a company doing murals in people's homes, so I was hired to paint like um, cherubs and things and on the <laughs> ceiling of people's houses, and you know, some of the more well-to-do people who have a bit of money to burn that they don't know what else to spend it on. Um, so that, that was something else I did, like as a freelancer, and then working on um well i've been trying to think what the first right major job was probably that i did was probably for penguin books which is i'd done a few things along the way but then and i had i had built a website by this time uh toward the end of the 90s and um i was trying to you know push myself push my work out there so i could get more professional work um from America and from different places and they they found my work somehow and um, the, by this at this time I wasn't working digitally everything was um, paper and well illustration board and airbrush and pencil crayon mm. um, but they they um, they actually asked do you work digitally they wanted this they had a series of uh, gun smoke um, the old TV show, and they were doing little novelizations and or, um, new stories based on the series, the TV show, and they wanted some fairly cinematic-looking artwork, and they saw what I did, and they they thought it would be a good fit. Um, and they they were they were like, "Do you work digitally?" And at this point, I I'd had a dabble, but I hadn't really committed to it. So I said, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> so uh, so then I I ran out and got a copy of coral painter and I got myself a drawing tablet and um, quickly started experimenting with the knowledge I had from the traditional way of doing things and working in the same way but um, layering paint and um, digital pencil um, into um, a final illustration digitally Wow! Um, and, it, and it you know it, it worked and they were really happy with it. And I think we did five or six books for them for that series. And during that time, also, I was asked by um, a friend of mine actually, who I went to art college with, um, was working as an art or an art director at GQ magazine. 
and they were doing a, a, um, a film series with the the, um, the writer A.A. A. Gill, and um, they asked me if I could, you know, look you know, supply artwork to go alongside the, his words. Um, so that was uh, that was another one of the early early jobs, mm. um, as well as. Another friend of mine who worked at Granada is a, a really good friend of mine, um, Richard Garner, and he um, he uh, he worked in the design department at 360 Media, which is part of Granada TV, and they were doing a title card for the South Bank show. For uh, it was it was about Shakespeare, and he was named Man of the Millennium, and they did a show about that, and they needed a piece of artwork for that, so that, that was one of my early job so those those kind of three things were probably my earliest work around that like work that was probably seen by more people rather than like little local things where you're not named and it's mm. kind of you know whereas these these other jobs i had a credit and it was um you know clusters you know working for fairly large clients so yeah. that was kind of yeah it was a nice uh felt like i was getting somewhere but that was you know 17 years ago now yeah and how about the transition so i mean you're very much your stuff seems to be very much rooted in film and um television now um would that be fair to say yes um which i'm i'm very pleased about because i i love that stuff and to be able to work in that that uh, genre of entertainment is um makes me very happy so, what about the steps into making that happen? Did you would did you become quite did did the, just the right things happen and you rolled with it, or were you quite? Um, did you you know I don't know. Did you really focus on on getting into that world? I guess so. I mean, most of my work was based on that, you know. So, I mean, the story goes really that you show people the work that you enjoy doing the most, and then hopefully they see that and want to hire you for that kind of work. I mean. A lot of art directors may not pick you, or they may, you know, if you don't show them something similar to what they're looking for, they don't know that you can do it sometimes, which is, mm. sounds ridiculous, but it, it's sometimes true. That's um, a great piece of advice, I think. Yeah, it's, well, it is, you know, I think I, I, I give, like, people ask me, I have people sending me messages occasionally, and asking for advice and there's a few things I tell them but one of the, one of the things is like you know make sure you have an online portfolio and only put the stuff in there really that you like the most that you enjoyed doing because if you do something that you didn't really enjoy and somebody sees that and like I want it to be like that and you you know it you really want to you want to be able to enjoy what you're doing and it, there are certain things I mean I'll I don't feel like there's things that I don't enjoy but that much, but there are things that I prefer if, if you know, so you want to put your best foot forward and you want to show people your your best work mm. and, and the stuff that you you want to do now and in the future. Because yeah. if, so, you know, I don't want to, I, don't, I wouldn't illustrate a bathtub and put it on my portfolio and yeah. say, here's a bathtub <laughs> I illustrate. I don't want to get into that sort of thing. I love um, I love the examples that people use when it when to make such a statement there about bathtub. I don't know where that came from. I don't, but that's I don't what I love. I, I I talked to Stanley Chow for the show last week and um, oh. and he pulled out horses and it as his example of of, the, uh, of, yeah. of a similar point. So maybe that's a maybe there's maybe there's a, a feature there. Maybe there's a regular feature on the show. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I just couldn't think of anything more boring than illustrating a bath, really. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. Horses aren't too bad. I quite like horses. That was the thing. Stan then, then sort of rounded on himself and said, I quite like drawing horses. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, where, where I lived in, in New Zealand, in Te Aumutu, they had the big racing community there, and I got to know a lot of the people involved in the local horse racing community and also the, the horse racing... Um, the, the the actual place the you know the, the the race course and so um once they got to know that i did illustration they hired me to do a few posters for their um race days and and things like that so wow yeah very cool. yeah, that's, quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's tremendous so um yeah. 
it's just how laborious. In laborious. A good I mean, is it, is it um, human? Oh, yeah, it can be. But, you know, when I have a deadline, I... I, I uh, some days can be, you know, quite long. Um, um, but I, I, do, I, I like to spend quite a lot of time on the composition. The, the, the execution is, is quite fun and almost... In some ways, once you have, once I have my composition laid out and I know what I have to do, once the client's happy with that and and I know that there's very little chance of many changes now, um, I can almost just get in the zone and kind of lose myself in the churning out side of things, which is to illustrate it. So the it's kind of like the. That aesthetic is almost secondary in a way, but because a lot, a lot of the major thought has gone into the composition and and the coloration ideas and that kind of thing. And then once you have the green light, it's a case of knuckling down and sticking your headphones on and, yeah. and just getting stuck in. And and you know, it's one of those jobs where you can hours will go by and you don't really realize it sometimes. Oh, gotcha. and, you know, well, you know what it's like. I think it's the same for many of us. That that, that whole situation where you just get in the zone. And you, you know, once you know the client's happy with how it's the, what, the direction it's going, and you feel a lot more confident to sit down and execute yeah. everything. And, yeah, and I feel like that's the fun part too. It's because then it, then you get into the mark making, the choice of color, and all the geeky things that. Yeah, you know, you basically you're making it look as good as it possibly can look yeah oh god yeah so how do you get on with the, the print side of things i'm guessing that's a big part of of your sort of your income side of things um i yeah i wouldn't say a big part i mean i think i, I have a little shop on bolted onto my website where, where i have prints available and some of them are jobs i've done where i've got um a certain amount of prints that have been sent by a client or some things have been limited edition prints, or, um, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of fans want to own these things, uh, own the artwork, and, and be able to display it, which is which is fantastic, and uh, and um, but yeah, my, uh, I don't know, I, the print side of things. I mean, I've I've done a few. I've worked with a few galleries over the years um, in America, mostly um, on both. Uh, the east and the west coast and um it's uh, it was you know it's been a great experience uh doing that but mm. i decided i really wanted to focus on the commercial work more than the the you know the the limited edition print side of things um, yeah just just because that's where that's where i want to be i want to be doing the professional work i don't really want to be doing the too much of the limited edition prints which you know some of them are official some of them are not i mean working on the official prints they have to be approved by the studios or whoever has the licenses so it has to go through a certain um uh, process for it to be released which i was going to ask which, you about that about the really copyright good. side of things yeah I, well i mean if it's an official licensed print then um sometimes the likenesses have to be approved by actors or you know things like that, um, mm. and it's you know it's a, it's, so it's a little bit like working commercially where you're working for a client, you know, maybe on a on a project like um, like a movie or or, uh, or where you know um, you're working for a client and they're working for somebody and you basically they have the license to um, produce uh, this product and and you're working on the artwork. To help sell this product, so the artwork has to then go through um, the the right um, phase of things and be approved. And whether it's in a contract or not, whether um, an actor has a final say on their likeness and things like that. So you, you know, each each job is different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the print the print side of things, um, I've done a, I've done a few and. Um, but it, I'll, I'll, you know, in the future, I have I have an idea in the future of what I'm going to do with artwork, and 
and and try and do something. But I'm I just want to focus at the moment. I really want to focus on um, the commercial work. And but saying that, there are occasional shows that come up. Like there was a show that's just opened at the weekend in San Francisco for. Um, it's called the Leading Lady Show, and two friends of mine, Luke Harrington and Craig Drake, were curating it. Um, they call themselves the Time Beards, <laughs> and it was at a Sketchpad Gallery. And um, I, I really, I've been too busy to do something brand new for it. But I, um, I just suggested to them, how about you know this um, Carrie Fisher tribute I did for Empire Magazine. Um, I, th- I had a lot of people asking me at the time if it would ever be made available as prints and I just thought this would be a great opportunity to do that and be able to maybe raise a bit of money for charity in, in Carrie Fisher's name as well at the same time. Brilliant. So, so the, the art should be, I think it's actually going to be available today. I don't know. I haven't seen a link posted online yet, but I think maybe today. That was fantastic, um, by the way, that piece. Oh, thank you. Let, let, let's start by saying, um, you know, it was an absolute tragedy that, that Carrie Fisher left us. Um, of course. And, and it was just a complete, an absolute shock for all of us. And then, you know, for her mom to then pass on her too, it was just mm. absolutely devastating. And, um, you know, <laughs> so, to be, I mean, for Empire to ask me to, to create something for such a beloved um, person uh, that has been in so many of our lives, um, through through film and uh, you know and, and, and was an you know a complete and absolute honor um, mm. and then on the on the flip side of that you know I've been a huge Empire collector of their magazine since the late 80s and so it was an absolute dream come true um, to how I mean I did a job for them for Empire live show um last year um but to actually do something for inside the inside those heralded covers <coughs> the back and the front cover of empire it seems to have something in there um was definitely a bucket list thing for me um yeah that was definitely it was brilliant i mean i, I saw it rightfully everywhere and, and like you say it was um a beautiful i mean in my opinion a beautiful tribute uh and a, and a great way to sort of you know, for, like I say, such a tragic moment. It's just, uh, but what a wonderful mm. way to celebrate a great life, you know? Um, yeah, thank you. I mean, that's the only way I could really do it anyway. I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at writing or, you know, I'm not very eloquent in speaking. And I just, my way would have been to have done something. And I always have done something anyway, but it just so happened they asked me. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, I, can't, I don't know what it was, maybe a couple of months. Yeah, it was November time just before november a guy asked me to do an illustration or a drawing hand drawing on a princess leah comic book cover you know those blank covers that you get oh yeah cover um and uh, he asked me if i would do a a sketch of princess leah and it it was signed it was she 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 had or he'd met her and 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 she had already signed it for him blank and he was gonna then get asked me to do a cover a cover sketch oh, and wow. so he sent me the cover and I did the sketch and I gave it to him at Wales Comic Con in November and um, so yeah I mean he's he must be um, well I, it's kind of a weird thing to say but he, he he's probably really happy that he managed to meet her before she passed away and and to have this it just means a lot to him now he just sent me an email as well I need to reply to him but yeah just thanking me again and um but yeah just it's it's incredible um to think she's gone it is it's heartbreaking it really is Mm. way too soon yeah definitely definitely so what's uh so what's the kind of uh what sort of clients you're working with these days is it is it is there a lot of editorial uh not that much editorial really it's it's mostly i mean empire magazine is the most recent editorial um work i did i did do some i did somewhere for the ice magazine for the for emirates for their cover them of their in-flight magazine last year and 
and then also um, an- another airline which escapes my brain right now. <laughs> ah, um, <laughs> yeah, and they were both like really close to each other. It's bizarre. Like they they were both independently got in touch, but it was um, it was kind of funny. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is. Man of the um, moment in the skies. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I joined the the Illustrators My High Club. <laughs> That's amazing. I've been. On, I, I never thought of it like that, but I have been. I've done some stuff for e- <laughs> EasyJet, lower the, the lower end of things. But we'll go. We'll go with it. <laughs> still up, still up there in the sky. <laughs> That's very flying true. around. <laughs> oh God! So how how yeah. do you feel about film posters at the moment? I mean. This is something that where I'm really split down the middle. I, mean, I I understand the need for kind of please all mainstream type of stuff that you see on the on the tube, but then mm. there's also this world of brilliantly innovative, more independent posters going on. Quite you know much more quiet. I suppose the era that we discussed earlier in the '80s was a huge kind of boom and sci-fi era. That mm. and before that, you know, even in the '60s, it needed to be. How do you feel about mm. it at the moment? I mean, honestly, like, like there are there are posters that are created today which are mind-blowingly awesome, and um, and and you know, a lot of people kind of poo-poo them because they're quote-unquote photoshopped, which has become a dirty word. But I, you know, I use Photoshop and I create all my a lot of my illustrations in Photoshop, and uh, so to say something's photoshopped is kind of like it's 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 just become the thing to say. Um, but the the state of the posters out there, there are some amazing, amazingly creative stuff that's being done, and I think there's room for everything. I think there's room for an illustrated action movie poster as well as an illustrated like uh, romance or horror movie poster, whatever it is, as much as there is for a photographic, um, you know, inverted fingers Photoshop poster. Um, but the people, the people that are making these are incredibly talented, and they go through. I mean, I've I've had meetings with a company called BLT um, Communications in LA, and they're they're one of the biggest um, movie poster design AM houses over there. And they, you know, I had a meeting with the the the, the owners of the company, and they said, you know, next door to our office here, we have an illustration department, and I was like, I didn't know that. And he said, do you know who works there? I said, no. I said, Steve Chorney. And I don't know if you know who Steve Chorney is, but I was a, I was a, a bit of a fan of his work for sure as I was going through art college and university. And he's done a few movie posters. And, uh, you know, he's in the same sort of era as Drew Struzan. And uh, so they have him and, and they have about eight other people working in this department, all sketching on paper oh, and wow. coming up with ideas for... Um, the next poster be- sometimes before the film is even finished they are working <laughs> on ideas um, like po- even like poses of the heroes and, and trying to do something different and 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 it's just it was it was you know it's really beautiful to see it was really quite old school although they did have technology there they had you know Wacom tablets and they're using iPads now and as well as all the paper and stuff but but they're all getting their fingers dirty and grubby and you know, drawing pictures and mm. and it was just brilliant to see the guys there are amazing and and that is where the inception of their movie posts, a lot of their movie posts come from, which is you know it comes from the an illustrated hand drawn <laughs> um, approach, which I was just like I I thought it was gone, but it's it's silently there, you know and. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I'm giving away like, trade secrets here. I might get in trouble. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I am. But you know, I, I, I was just. I think it's. I mean, I don't know um, whether they'll be listening to this, but probably not. But just. Um, are you still there? I'm still here. I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe. Very quiet. I'm just in awe. Um, and, and I'm picturing. I mean, I'm thinking for a guy like you that what you've just described there must be the mecca. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was great to see. It was just and meet to meet them. I mean, that they, they uh, there's some real legends in there as well that are just you know from the fashion industry. They used to do a lot of fashion illustration, and they're just you know some of them are 
you know, they've been doing it for years and they, they've kind of plucked them out of, I guess, semi-retirement and said, we want you to do this. And yeah, yeah it's amazing. And, they, and there's some young people there as well who are, you know, learning the ropes and just, it was just a real, real nice thing to see. And, and it was uh, really wonderful. So it's like the expendables uh, of, uh, of movie poster illustrator. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. They're, you know, the top of the game. And, and the nice thing is like, like Steve Chorney, uh, he's getting to do some of the f- the final um, uh, one sheet posters uh, illustrated as well. So you'll, anytime you see, you know, a lot of the times you'll see an illustrated poster come out, which makes the cut of like being an actual one sheet, which is rare these days. I'm I'm lucky enough to have had a few. Um, but whenever BLT does something, sometimes they'll release an illustrated version of the of the poster like he did one for the mission impossible the recent the latest mission impossible movie uh, yeah. rogue nation and uh, he did a film that i didn't even know about which is called monster trucks but the poster is amazing the illustrated poster looks amazing it's just so good um but also he the inherent vice uh movie when that came out there an ad campaign oh i saw that there. one it was amazing yeah well, that's steve's work right there brilliant okay yeah, yeah i can see i can see the fandom. yeah so they, they yeah they don't want to he want to they want an award for that which is cool um but yeah just to 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 know that it is it's got it's got its place which is nice you know but i, I think it can be used more but it does have its place and a lot of the agencies that and some of them that i work with um there's a company called gravelist in la that i, I do quite a bit for and and they're, they're i'm getting emails from them quite regularly asking me if I can do something for them for a you know a, a rough comp for a meeting they've got coming up which then it, should the director like it you know it can get picked up but a lot of the time it's um, you just don't know I mean I did uh, um, yeah it, it just can be you, you just really don't know but you just hope that you know I mean I was I was asked to do something for the Logan movie and I did a little. They had an idea and they wanted it executed, but it didn't get picked up. So no one's really probably ever going to see that. But just uh, it's just nice to know that people are they're asking and they're looking and they're active. Mm. They're not. It's not. It's not a forgotten thing. It's just they're just trying to find the right project that they think it will work best for. And, yeah. You know, I I think at the moment that's you can't really ask for much more than that i i I don't think there'll ever be a time where every poster is going to be illustrated again no Um, and and it would almost in a way in a way it'd almost be sad if it was just because we've got so many different things available to us there are there are and and the the posters that are out there like the new guardians of the galaxy poster which was just announced today i think um i think it's marvelous i love that you know it's so it's fun and so vibrant and colourful, and uh, I think the guys at Disney did a great job. And uh, you know, and that's the sort of poster that could have gone an illustrated route. I mean, like the first movie, I uh, had a meeting with Disney before that came out, and they just got back from the photo shoot, and they they said to me, "We're thinking about doing an illustrated post for this. You might be right for this job, but it never it it took a different it took a different route, so mm. it didn't happen." But they. You know that was back then when the first movie, before the first movie came out. So they they are thinking, they are they are, you know, the people out there that are making these decisions are, they're considering things, which is mm. absolutely fantastic. And it's the old less is more approach as well, isn't it? Because then when it when it's used, it's used to great effect. That is true. It can be used um, and have more of an impact. Yeah, you're right. There is mm. that. There is that. So what about? Uh, I know you. Um you won a couple of uh, big awards in the last few years. Um, well, one of them was um, I think I've only won two. <laughs> <But> <laughs> one, one, one of them um, was one of them was for um, with Hire an Illustrator actually, which is uh, um, it, it was uh, a little award they did for um, uh, you know being great basically. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is really nice, and uh, Mark Hammermeister won the top award there. You know, it's, it's just really nice. To, you know, it's it's it was it's not a competition. They just 
they just look at the industry and the people that they, you know, the, the, the artwork that they've come into contact with over that particular year and they, um, you know, make a finalist list and, and they themselves pick, which I think is wonderful. You know, it's just, it's not, you don't have to pay to be part of the competition or a, an award or anything, like, which I have a problem with. I don't, I don't think people should have to pay to be in an award selected for an award yeah um, and so this meant this one meant a lot to me um because they you know they they know they see illustration every single day and and to be selected as one of the few uh, people to receive an award from them was was um was really nice and uh, they're, they're lovely people too they're wonderful um and the other one was a um every year the um they have um a key art award in in uh, LA, which I think is held at the same place that they have the Oscars. So it's it's like the Oscars of the entertainment advertising industry. Yeah. And um, one of the posters I'd worked on uh, for a film called Bad Milo um, was a finalist, and it won a silver key art award for in the illustrated character category. Um, which is amazing. And it was also the same night that they had a, a Drew Struzan achievement. They gave a, an achievement award to, I don't know, maybe a lifetime achievement award to Drew Struzan, and they honoured him. And I just so wish I could have gone. <laughs> oh, wow, in the same it, night? Yeah, it was at the actual event at the night, yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean that disappointment aside, massive congrats. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, winning... <laughs> having you as something you've worked on be in an award uh, to win an award like that was was uh, fantastic yeah and i saw a very cool picture of you with simon Pegg recently yeah i got to meet simon we are, we we kind of met on twitter um a f- know, how many years ago maybe four years three four years ago now and um so virtually met he became aware of my work when he saw a, a star trek uh, poster I did and he retweeted it and he went a bit viral and then ever since then we he followed me and I was already following him and we just um, he'd be in touch occasionally and and we he asked me to do a World's End poster for him as a as a just before Christmas one year um, the year that the movie came out as a gift for Edgar Wright and some of the cast and producers um, so I did that job for him and which which was a wonderful experience, and then we kind of stayed into it. He's kind of you know off Twitter now, but he's still got a presence. But he he doesn't he's not as active as he was. Um, but um, when the when the Star Trek Beyond was he he wrote and starred in that when Star Trek Beyond was uh, about to come out, I was actually going to be going to San Diego Comic Con. So I just sent an email to uh, Simon's assistant and wondered if Simon was going to be there. It would be great to meet him finally, you know, because I just figured he must be promoting the movie in some way. And he, I know how much he likes the Comic Cons and mm. I just thought it might be a great place to try and catch up for a hello. Uh, I wasn't really expecting anything more than just a hello or or even just an email back saying, oh, no, he's going to be too busy or whatever. Um but yeah, um, they got back to me and, and invited me to the Star Trek Beyond premiere and uh, and after party. Wow! And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So that was that was that was fantastic to to go to that. It was such a great experience. Um, yeah, I got to sit on Simon's row, so with his friends and and family, I guess that were, were there and. Absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, no, it, was, it was great. It was wonderful. And then I got to meet him at the after party, uh, finally, and then he was stood right next to JJ, so I could, it would be rude if I didn't say hello to JJ. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I managed to snap a picture, get a picture snapped of my uh, meet together with them, which was great. Yeah, it was a wonderful evening. Got to meet a lot of the cast, and yeah, it was really good. What a great experience, and and, and also I, um, oh, yeah. I I noticed on your website a quote attributed to Simon, and 
<laughs> in the words of William Shakespeare, oh my fucking giddy god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that was his direct message to me because I I sent him the the <laughs> when I did the World's End poster, I sent it to him to to have a look at, and he that was his, that was his words, his exact words back to me <laughs> when he saw the finished artwork. So I guess he liked it. It's like, oh, that's 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 a good sign. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um not far from the end here so um what the, one question <laughs> i did want to ask you is there is there anything that you would love to do you know just a dream anything that you've not done a real bucket list job that you'd like to do Ooh. well i would have to say i would it would be an absolute dream to do an, the theatrical one sheet for a Star Wars movie or an Indiana Jones movie. Well, I did the key art for the show as well as the badge art for the for the um, convention um, with Lucasfilm, and uh, they um, it's going to be on from it's Easter weekend, so from Thursday to the Sunday, on the thirteenth to the sixteenth. <coughs> mm. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm planning. Well, we'd, we're, we haven't finalized it yet, but hopefully, we're going to do some signings of the prints. And I think they're going to make them available, as well as it being the key art for the show, which is going to be pasted everywhere on posters and banners. Um, they're going to make it available, so I'm going to be signing a few. Wow, that's fantastic. All, that's all I know at the moment, but it's not been officially. Um, they haven't officially announced that yet, but um, they, they only announced the artwork. With the poster last week, the week today actually it was brilliant, and that, and that um, is just a uh, quite simply a Star Wars celebration. Yeah, it's um, it's run with it's an official Star Wars convention that they do every year. The last one was in London, and then this one's in Orlando, in Florida, and uh, yeah, they asked me to do the 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 key art for the show, which is absolutely amazing. So we've done. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a, <clears throat> um, it has a lot of the key characters from the prequels, the original trilogy, and from the Force Awakens. Um, uh, so we've got Anakin and Padme and mm. Obi Wan and Yoda from the prequels, and, and we have a big Darth Vader in the background with a Death Star, and it's very. It's all like pencil sketchy and sepia they didn't want it in color so it's quite a different approach and really? it went really well it went down pretty well a lot with a, with probably 95 percent of the fans there's a five percent amount that are probably that are saying why didn't you put this character in why didn't you, why is that character not there <laughs> and oh, uh, you know and why is it not in color you know <laughs> You never, you, I, I would dare say it's impossible to to please all of that crowd. Oh yeah, no chance. But for overall, I was blown away by the response. It's been fantastic. So I hope that you know everyone manages to pick one up at the show, and hopefully I get to sign it for them. And actually, five percent, and, and they could hopefully get it signed pretty, by uh, lots of other people. Ninety-five percent is a pretty damn good rate, actually, in that world. I think it's ninety-five percent. It kind of feels like that. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the bad, the bad remarks sometimes stick in your head more than the good, which is yeah. which is part of the problem that we all have. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it's about ninety-five percent. I think there's only a small amount of people that are just not very happy. Like, <laughs> why is Lando Calrissian on it? Where's Boba Fett? Where's <laughs> Uh, oh, someone brilliant. even said, "Where's Jar Jar?" And I'm like, "You are kidding, really?" Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I think they were having a joke, really. <laughs> Love that. Well, let's yeah. hope that's you creeping towards that bucket list job. Oh, could you imagine? That would be <laughs> that would be dreamy. Good God, yeah. <laughs> that would that would be one of the pinnacle. I think that would be like, where could I go from here? Possibly. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> How very true. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, if I was going to, you know, that that's something from my childhood that I've just, I've always been in awe of the movie posters from the, both those franchises. So, I guess that would be up there. Brilliant. That would be up there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so usually what I use, I, I have the segment at the end and I, I, I'm going to change it a little bit 
uh, for yours. Mm-hmm. I usually they're quite shack in the tank, and um, I usually ask people for a, a love and a hate, basically based because Damien has uh, can't. I don't want to reel off the full title, but the uh, the shark in the tank piece is my maybe my favourite piece of art, just because I love how much it divides opinion, and I think it's mind blowing piece. But uh, I ask people usually for a loosely creatively themed love and a hate, but I'm not going to do that. I think for yours, I'm just going to ask you a very tough question, um, and that's whether you've got a favourite movie poster of all time. <laughs> okay, um, that is a tough one. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I can answer that really, but I mean there are so many. But the one that's just popping into my head is actually an Indiana Jones. It might be just because we just talked about Indiana Jones Star Wars posters, to be honest. Mm. But the there's there was a um, the advance poster for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which Drew Struzan illustrated, uh, which shows Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones with us it's it's kind of a a three-quarter side portrait of him holding his bullwhip with the leather jacket and it's kind of like a bust so it's not his full body and it has the sunset in the background with beautiful gesso um brush strokes um through it and that poster has always been um there's always had a, a i've always had a uh, a soft spot in my heart for that one. So I, I think I'd probably go for that one because yeah. it is one of those that is quite different from a lot of the other movie posters that that Drew did, and a lot of the movie posters that many many movie movie poster artists actually did. And it was just uh, it was almost like capturing a look and uh, and the sense of adventure um, from Indiana Jones, who you know. Who will forever be um, my hero? I think. <laughs> I must look that, that one up. I must say, I've never seen that one. You will have seen it. You you will have seen it, um, and you will be able to find it very easily. It'll be on the internet, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I'll look that up. But yeah, if you have trouble, let me know. I'll send you a picture of it. But yeah, it's it's definitely um, a magical. It was before the main poster was released. The one with the pillars and the. Yeah, um, and and Sean Connery and 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 Harrison Ford and the the plane and the the horse at the bottom and the tanks and stuff. It was it was bef- it was kind of came out before that one. It was like a teaser poster. They called it the advance poster, but it was you know what we would call the teaser poster, I guess. Mm. Yeah, brilliant, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> and uh, and last, where can people check out your website, Paul? Well, I'm at paulshipper.com or paulshipperstudio.com. Either of those should work. Um, I'm on Twitter at paulshipper, and I'm on Instagram at paulshipper, and Facebook at, oh, no, forward slash um, paulshipperstudio. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I, or you could just do a Google search and probably find as many things as you possibly want. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm at those places, so if anyone wants to get in touch with me, please do. Superb. Well, thanks very much for mm. your time, Paul. Oh, thanks, Ben. It's been been really lovely talking to you. Thanks. Yeah, I know you too. Cheers to Paul for taking the time to speak. Um, he's a great guy. He's doing some amazing work. Uh, I love his stuff, and it's no, it's absolutely no surprise to see why he's got such a legion of fans and. Uh, you know, from within the industry and from a fan base point of view, and and from uh, just cinema goers and movie heads like himself, great guy. Um, so I hope you enjoyed all that advice he had to share about kind of following his dream there and the journey in which he took to do it. Um, just a little thank you to the AOI for their ongoing support of my podcast. Uh, I know they've been doing a number of talks around the universities at the moment about the organisation. Um, and they've been getting me uh, some nice plugs in there, so thank you very much for that. They're they're a great organisation. Um, we meant we touched there on copyright very briefly um, in Paul's interview, but if you come to any you know crossroads like that with copyright licensing queries, how do you price your work? How do you uh, go about approaching clients? 
Um, they have the directories, the AOI. So keen supporters of the show, and I really do recommend going and signing up with them. Go back and listen to the episodes with the AOI, and they'll tell you everything. And I hope that you know you don't need the plug from me to tell you why it's important to go and sign up with them as an illustrator. So go back and listen to that episode. Um, so thank you, theaoi.com. You can go and check them out. Um, speaking of illustration, you can now pick up my book at the House of Illustration. I thought I'd just tell you that because I'm really delighted about it. If you've not been to the House of Illustration, head down there. It's down at King's Cross. I went to a brilliant Quentin Blake exhibition down there and got to live some of my own childhood fantasies again, uh, speaking of what Paul's done there with his movie stuff. Uh, but my, I'm delighted to say my book is now on sale in the shop at the House of Illustration, so go and have a look. Champagne and Wax Crayons, Riding the Madness of the Creative Industries. It's my story of getting started, going from drawing as a child, taking it through education, um, and you know struggling for two years and then getting started and finding my first clients and ups and downs and spending time working at home 12 hours a day cabin fever it's it's a no holds barred no punches pulled kind of honest account of, of what it is to turn your creative hobby into a into a career so check it out you can get it now at the house of illustration so cheers for that guys um thanks for listening thank you as ever for your support please do keep sharing the word tell your mates get us a review on iTunes and keep checking in. We've got some great guests coming up over the next few weeks. So always new creative ideas going on. Thank you very much. Feedback at Twitter at Arrest Armor Mix. And we'll see you all soon. <laughs>